Unboxable Podcast, Episode 41. Hello and welcome back. I am Elena Turley. I'm the founder of the Soul Mama Academy, which is a membership connecting overextended mothers with juicy, holistic, energizing practices and each other. That done and said, I'm very excited for episode 41 with the delightful Kasha Burke. We have another one of our gorgeous conversations. You will remember her potentially from episode 10. Kasha is really a remarkable woman who works with women who are ready to get in touch with their deeper purpose and to really connect with spirit. And the way she does that is unique. And I got to say, our conversations are always supercharged with really amazing energy. So please enjoy our very power charged chat about boundaries, about why we need them, how they work and all the different ways we can create them healthily for ourselves. So please enjoy my chat with Kasha Burke. Kasha Burke, welcome back. How are you? Hello, Alina. I am so grateful that I am here on your podcast again. Thank you for having me. It is my pleasure. Now, I'm going to address a small elephant in the room for myself straight away. My name is spelt really, really differently to how it sounds. (laughs) So I have a name that sounds like Alena, like the road, like the laneway, but it's spelt like Alina, like you said it. So if you would like, Kasha, you are welcome to call me Lena or Lane, or if that's easier for you. I or... want to call you the way you're, you want me to call because this is, I know from my name how frustrating it is when it's, people mispronounce it, right? I mean, it is what it I, is, but I've decided no. a little while ago I wouldn't let it slide anymore. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> So you could say oh. Elena or Elena. Yeah. Thank and you, I've got, darling. Oh, the wrong thing in my head. I apologize. All right. Elena. Don't be silly. I'm it glad I get so the, much more divine. It means I get to tell the whole world. So I'm really grateful <laughs> that you said that the way you did. Thank oh. you. I have done it so many times and I'm sorry. That's um, okay. So, uh, you know, like I try to not butcher anyone's name because <laughs> I know what that is like. So thank you. And yeah. Now, it's an interesting way to lead into our conversation. First of all, tell me how I say your name because I want to make sure I you get that right. You sing it too. perfectly. It's like you halfway it between an S and a S, isn't it? It's kind of a Kasha. Yeah, it's like yeah. a softer one, Kasha. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I love your name. It's beautiful. I, I have had everything. I have had Kasia, <laughs> Kasha, and then I just finally I just go, you know what, just call me Bob. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I totally relate. I, as a child, I used to wish I was called Melissa. That was the name that I thought would be the easiest for the world that I lived in to say. <laughs> yes. No, this is beautiful. And I love that actually you have led us into today's topic with boundaries. Right. right. So we, got, we want to talk today. <laughs> that's so funny. We want to talk today about boundaries, but loving boundaries. So how do we set boundaries in a way that is still loving, that is still coming from a place 
of heart because boundaries can be strong and fierce and true without being aggressive, violent or nasty. There's a way to do that, but it's an interesting line. So this is the line I want to explore with you today, Kasha. And tell me why this was an interesting topic for you today. So I think that if we are working in a spiritual arena, so my um, friends, my audience are mostly people who are open channels. So they are either working with their guides, uh, tapping into the Akashic records, working with their intuition even makes you an open channel. And when you are this open channel, you really need to have strong boundaries because spirit, the good spirit, your guides, loved ones, you know, they don't see time the way we see it down here. So they may wake you up at night. You may have, if you're, if you're a medium, you might have someone's loved ones coming through when you're not even working. And so to have strong boundaries is really, really important, um, especially because there is such a law as the law of personal responsibility. And that law states that your free will is powerful. So all beings must respect your free will. Now, with the good spirits of love and light, that is easy. But with beings that are lower entities, they can kind of cross those boundaries. But here's the thing. If you have strong boundaries, you can tell them to get lost and they have to respect it. So you won't get like possessed and they stay with you. They will respect your free will. But here's what I found. So this is something that I teach as well. The boundaries are very important. If you have poor boundaries with spirit, you're bound to have poor boundaries in life somewhere and vice versa. So we always look at both sides. So I think that is what I love exploring or what I love to talk about when it comes to the boundaries. I think that's where I come from, you know, that exploring it, right? Everything has its ripple effect that pours into other areas of your life. 100%. Can you give me an example in your own practice, in your own life, where you have not kept boundaries and what has occurred? What's the opportunity cost? What's the limitation if we do not actively protect our boundaries? Mm, So I think that we all have a limited supply of energy per day, limited supply of inner peace. And we need to invest it wisely every day. You get to choose where you want to invest your energy. If you invest a lot of energy into, let's say, that needy friend that keeps coming back and kind of asking you and and draining your energy, being (laughs) the so-called energy vampire, and you give it to them because your boundaries are low then, you won't have enough energy for your family or for your work, for your partner, for other friends, for yourself. So from my own personal experience, probably, I think when I started in this spiritual arena and doing the spiritual work, uh, my mentor, who's now my dear friend, Tracy Lee, has always, always said, make sure you set boundaries with spirit. Otherwise, there'll be 
coming all the time. And I said, no, that's cool. I love when they come all the time. I want them to harass me, right, all the time. And it felt at the time like this exciting decision. Like, yes, of course, I want them to, I want to feel spirit. I want to see spirits because I'm playing around with them. I'm new to this exciting, like a new toy. But really, it was easier because in my life, I realized, and I didn't know this till I started working with spirit, that the times where I said, oh, I don't mind when I give you extra. I don't mind if I go out of my way. I don't mind when I self-sacrifice. The repercussions from that were that this person was taking more and more because I said, I don't mind. But that felt easier to me than having this uncomfortable conversation of, um, actually, I'm sorry, but I have to decline. I have to say no, or I don't have time. It just felt easier. So I wasn't completely honest with myself, but I didn't realize it till actually I was being woken up in the middle of the night by spirits and I had messages or something popping in and then I was wide awake and then it became a problem because, you know, you got to be, to be on top of your game, you got to be rested and you got to go have your sleep. So as I started kind of then playing with okay can we put some boundaries around when we are chatting and when we're not chatting um I started realizing it's actually when I was coming with my team they said you know there's boundary issues in other areas of your life and that's where I started exploring I'm like oh okay so it's a, I do need to have that uncomfortable conversation or I cannot hold it against my friend who keeps taking because I am here over here giving 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 right so that was probably one of the biggest ones that it is important for us to rest. It is important for us to let spirits, guides, loved ones know business hours are over. They're not going to leave you. They're not going to think anything less, especially because they don't have egos. right? So there's no one's going to say, oh, I thought you're here to work with spirit to be of service. Right. And that was my fear. But I could see the reflection in my life as well. That's so interesting because I think, you know, you're touching on the way that we can sometimes respond to our lives from a place of fear as well. And it's not just in the spirit kind of intuition, the world of connecting, but also in the world of practical day-to-day life. You know, I think Mm. some of us and I think a lot of the people that I serve are women who potentially have become, for whatever reason, often uh, often this comes from kind of an early life experience of needing to gain love and attention by behaving in certain ways and it develops a kind of a people-pleaser sort of aspect mm-hmm. to us. And, and the people-pleasers amongst us, and I count myself as one of those, yes, are often people who feel deeply, who are aware, very deeply aware of how those around them feel. And it's partially a skill I think we develop early in life and it's also partially a skill that we just have that is part of who we are the kind of people we are and I think if we are that kind of people and if we have also had the early life experience where we felt that we needed to prove our worthiness for love or affection or attention and that can happen for lots of reasons it's not like a deliberate parent ignoring you it could just be your parents worked It could just be there was a divorce. There could be, for whatever reason, there's lots of reasons that you may have felt that you didn't get 
all the love and attention you needed as a little baby, you know. And that's so deeply encoded in who we are. And we carry that in our lives sometimes. And I know I certainly do that. I find I catch myself bending over backwards for people I don't even know you know and then like hang on why am I doing this like what's the what's that about you know and so I think a little bit like you Kasha what I really like is that as I grow older and maybe potentially slightly wiser I start to discern and choose when to be that way and when not to be and when it is something I I genuinely do want to go out of my way to help someone I love or when I can't that day because I have other people that need me or I have needs my own in my own self that I need to honour. And that's potentially, I think, one of my greatest challenges is honouring the needs in myself as the most key part of servicing the needs of others as the number one priority. And that's where the boundaries come in for me. It's like, how do I know deeply that it's okay to say no, to say, nope, sorry, can't do that today. I've got to do this thing for myself and put myself at the top of that list so that I can continue to serve the highest good in my life, you know. And that's, I think that's probably for me, that's the rub. That's the bit where it's tricky. And if I abandon that for long enough, then when I have to say no, it's because I desperately have to and then I'm angry. And then it's a ragey no. Then it's a how dare you ask me for that, you know, which is really not about the other person's asking it's more about my inability to say no with love you know so because I've maybe let it go too far or I've got other things I'm not addressing or as part of me trying to be heard that I'm not listening to or you know those sorts of things that's sort of like for me that's the day-to-day of it but I think energetically and spiritually what you're talking about is so true in that we have a finite amount don't we and I often forget that I just often kind of forget my own limitations and then abandon them you know Mm, I love that and I love um actually exploring self-awareness when it comes to that because when we are self-aware and we can check in with ourselves when a friend asks you for another favor does it really feel genuinely good for me to do that other, another favor? Or am I just doing this because it's easier than to say no? Because we've kind of been, um, I believe, conditioned to, there is either self-sacrifice for the common good, for the good of the family, for the good of people, you know, um, or you're selfish, right? So as children, you may have had to... Um, you know, thread carefully, be quiet, don't make too much noise, don't upset your father, don't be too loud because your mother is busy. There could have been that. So we self-sacrifice, we push down our our needs and our feelings and we self-sacrifice. And if you express them, you're being selfish. There's no middle ground. So it's kind of like saying no has become this, this thing that we shouldn't say because it makes you selfish. And I, and actually, even when you think about a person who is very good with, with their boundaries and they know when to say no and they say no and they say yes when it feels really good for them, often we, we think of that person as, oh, how dare they, how rude, you know, I've asked them for a favour, I've asked them this, how can they say this to me, right? 
But it's because we somehow in ourselves somewhere perhaps have this need to say no, but we can't. And we see this person as like, oh, they managed, they mastered it, damn them. Now, how do we get to that point? And I think checking in with yourself and really becoming so self-aware that you recognize when a yes is a genuine yes and when a yes is just saying yes for the sake of saying yes because no feels harder, then I think it's easier to put those boundaries up. Yeah, and I feel like absolutely there's a couple of things that have to occur for that to be possible Mm -hmm. in my experience. So one of them is we need to be able to separate ourselves from our thinking because the thoughts are often where the expectations live like all mm. the expectations, the social ones, the personal ones, the I need in order to be a good whatever, wife, mother, whatever, good employee, I have to say yes. You know, all of those expectations, they live in the mind and there's a place for that. There's definitely a place for mm. that. But to be able to examine it in a kind of more objective and more personal way, we have to be able to separate ourselves from our thinking and understand that our thinking is not always correct. It's not always right. And then the other part of that is the ability to check in with the body, not only the thoughts. Mm. And that is like a skill. That's a skill that we need to learn in order to utilize, right? So that, I mean, I believe we all have it. We all have an innate knowledge of how to check in with the body. We all know what it means to have a gut feeling, to feel something in our gut or to feel something in our hearts. We understand that those are body feelings. Those are embodied feelings. But I think like anything, if we don't practice it, we sort of lose that natural ability to check in with it. So I feel like that's kind of a practice. Ironically, it's a mindfulness practice. I always think that's such a misnomer because mindfulness is not really about thinking or mind at all. It's actually about the body, you know. Mm, but That's um, self-awareness. Yeah. And what happens afterwards, though, when you do master that first, no, sorry, I can't, I'm busy today, I'm taking, when you're not used to it and you say that first few no, those first few no's, what happens then is also worth noticing because you may feel guilt, you may have your mind taking you into memories, thoughts where they have helped you out, you're being a bad person, this is what it means now about you. You may feel it in your body. And because your body is dense, yes, the thoughts, the feelings, you will be able to shift them rather quickly. But in your body, your body being so dense, you will feel it much longer. So you could have potentially, you know, been saying no, being really good, having, you know, sticking to your boundaries for, let's say, six months. You don't feel guilty. You don't have the thoughts afterwards. But in your body, each time you still feel like, oh, God, right? And that is where I always like to remind everyone your body is still reacting in the old way. It takes the body a little bit longer to shift and adjust because, you know, it's more dense. So don't pay too much attention to it as in like, don't think you've done the wrong thing each time or do it three times. You still feel it. And then it feels like, well, maybe the no feels so hard and uncomfortable. I'll go back to saying yes. 
<laughs> right. Yeah. It just understand that it takes a little bit longer for the body to switch to the new pattern. Well, that's such a great insight. And the other thing I've noticed that can happen is sometimes say that you've been saying yes for 20, 30 years, you know, you've been saying yes to everything or everyone or most things and most people. And then you start to say no, you might sort of do a bit of a pendulum swing from yes, 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 yes to no, 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 and say no to everything for a while. (laughs) And then maybe you'll work out, okay, that's the end of the yeses and that's the end of the noes. And this is the spectrum that I have to play with Mm. from all the way from the yeses to all the way to the noes. I can be anywhere in between. I can say yes sometimes. I can say no sometimes. I can do case by case. I can feel into it. And you can start to kind of exercise that muscle of discernment you know, of understanding when to say yes and when to say no. And and also to be aware that we could get it, you know, in inverted commas wrong. Like we we could say yes when really a no is warranted and we could say no when really a yes is warranted. And that's okay. And um, that's how we're going to learn. And that's how we're going to, that's who we are. Humans are imperfect and we make mistakes and that's life, you know, and not to be too hard on ourselves when we get it wrong. And I just, I have this friend I keep thinking of as I'm speaking about this. She's, I really admire her for her ability. Sometimes I get caught up in the, do I say yes, do I say no thing? <laughs> and she'll say, you just got to do what's right for your family. Mm. You just, you just got to do what's right for you and your family. And she reminds me, you know, of the simplicity of it. And sometimes now she, you know, it rings in my ears a little because she's really good at doing that. And it's something, I don't know, for whatever reason, I didn't learn that skill very early in my life. So it's one I'm still honing, you know. And uh, I, I can, yeah, I can definitely err on the side of, I think, giving a bit too much. I'm more of a giver, you know, the mother, the nurturer, a very strong nurturer. And I think a lot of mothers do and a lot of women do, you know. Yeah, yeah, um, but I love that a lot. It's a nice one. It's just a useful thing. And it, somehow it comes up for me really just when I need it, you know, and then and it does actually zap the guilt. It just throws that guilt out the window because, of course, you're entitled to take care of your family. And then yeah. sometimes the no is the way you take care of yourself and your family, you know. Isn't it interesting, though, that if that phrase would have been you just got to do what's best for you, yes. we would still sway a little bit. Like, right, right. right. But, but the moment we say what's best for your family, yeah. now it resonates deeply and like, okay, I can get behind this. Right. Yeah. I can say no because it's about my family because my mother-in-law is wonderful like that too and she always reminds me of that as well whenever I – struggle to make a decision or a choice or we come up against people offering well-meaning advice when (laughs) you're like I kind of guys I kind of know what I'm doing now I've got it all together I don't need all this advice because now you're throwing me off balance but people still can't and she always says you're just going to do what's best for your family that's right and this is another part of it too which I think is the pause so like often I think we feel like we need to answer straight away I know if I get a difficult email, sometimes I just want to type the answer. And what I've learned, thankfully, my husband is a little more um, well thought out than I am. <laughs> so he, he would say, just, just sleep on it. So I yeah. still write the email. I still write the emotional response that I want to write, but I don't send it. 
And my mother taught me in business. She she's, runs a business where she's the sole proprietor and she has a team but they don't work directly with her. She's the leader of that business but she works on her own. She doesn't have a leadership team. And so she now has learned, I hope I'm not giving anything away here, but she has now learned to say, uh, just leave that with me. I'll talk to my team or I'll talk to my partner or – and, you know, there isn't a team or a partner. It's probably us, her family sometimes or, you know, other colleagues, team. her support team. Yeah, but she's learned to say that, to buy herself time rather than just coming out with an answer because you feel like you need to answer. And, and Tim Ferriss talks about that too. He talks about the difference between the urgent and the important. And he says that if something is urgent, it probably isn't urgent. It's probably somebody else's urgent. It's probably not even important for you. And that we can sometimes get caught up in somebody else's urgent and somebody else's important. But if we can actually differentiate, okay, that is important, that is not, then um, we save a lot of time and we save a lot of energy. Which and, brings uh, us back to what is important for your family, right? Because yeah. you put that against everything. Yeah. Do I respond to this email or do I just have the evening off and spend going and watch a movie now with my family as opposed to responding, getting back, right? Yeah, but sometimes we don't have that. Like, I mean, my mother is is not in a relationship and I for seven years also was a single parent and you do have to find a team of some Mm. nature because otherwise you don't have that sort of sounding board. And I do remember times where I felt I had to make a decision quickly and I didn't have time to talk to my friends or my other family members, my extended family members. And it was really challenging because I couldn't ask my three-year-old, what do you think, you know? And um, I remember that being, it's hard to do on your own, those kinds of boundaries set. Like I made some silly decisions at times because I didn't have anyone witnessing my choices, really, no adults. And uh, it it was interesting. I had to really learn to keep strong boundaries and to sense into and feel into what was right for me and my son because I I, I didn't have anyone to run it past, you know. And that, that is a different, it's like a different skill. That is incredible, but look how how it served you perhaps now, <clears throat> the the person that you have become mm, as a absolutely. result, right? <clears throat> absolutely. I think it gave me a way to, to understand or to allow um, fierceness and mm. and power that actually there are times when summoning power and being powerful and fierce is entirely warranted. And unapologetically, you must at times be that way, you know, be the warrior and protect what needs protecting. Yeah. And actually that's a loving act in itself, not just for yourself and for your child, but for the other person as well to say, no, you cannot behave that way actually is cause for them to examine their behavior. And ultimately that is, I'm doing them a favor also. By drawing that boundary very fiercely, I believe. Absolutely, absolutely, and I love how actually your mum positions to check in with her team and stuff because I I say that not having a physical team, but right. my team is in my astral team, and so <laughs> um, you know your mum is checking in with her team, and yes. her team be right um, yes. family could be the astral team could be just 
tuning into herself and seeing what feels good, right? Being we think, and we do do that. We think like there are times when I think, what would my grandmother have done? There are certain, mm-hmm. you know, and she's no longer with us, but she, I mean, she's with me in another way, right? We carry them and we carry their knowing, I think, in a way. So like my grandmother had this particular skill of being able to make anybody feel like they could tell her anything. And it was beautiful. She also had a very great skill of being able to get people to do things, like motivate them in certain directions, but without force, just with gentle suggestion. She had this very special skill and she didn't misuse it, you know, but it it was really interesting. So there are times when I think, what would my grandmother do? She never really lost her cool but she was very good at making it known what she wanted you to do, you know. She was really good at loving boundaries, actually. What an incredible woman to yeah. have had in your life, right, and role model. Amazing. Yeah, amazing. Do you have someone like that? Do you have someone in your astral team that is good with boundaries? Um, I mean, when we I say astral have... team, that could mean a lot of things. So, Yeah, I actually have. Um, so <laughs> it's interesting because a lot of my relatives, my family members, my parents um, are now on the other side and um, I have my stepmom here. She reminds me actually when you were speaking about your grandmother, I could see my stepmom being very similar to that. She <laughs> has been in my life like longer than my mom, but mm. um, she has this amazing way of kind of, just like she will never say I don't believe in you I disagree or you're wrong but she will kind of like give you these little very subtle hints that perhaps you're on the wrong way perhaps you want to go this way perhaps go that way or look at things from a different perspective very good at motivating I can see even like with my son um, we're part of this market that's coming up and both my kids decide they want to make stuff for the market. So my daughter is already very organized. She sells bracelets. So she's now like expanding her repertoire. My son liked the idea. He's 10. But then we kind of go like, okay, well, you got to think about like, because he wanted to make some chocolate. You got to make about, you got to think about the ingredients, how much they're going to cost you, how many do you need to make, how much you're going to price them to kind of cover your costs, you know, have some profit. So we're breaking it down for him. And I think his head was exploding. Like, I didn't realize what I'm getting. Myself. <laughs> I just want to make so some chocolates. Was, I know. So he wasn't interested. But then she is so, I, I kind of gave up. And I'm like, you know what? I think you need to see this first, like what your sister mm. will gain out of this. And then next time, whereas my stepmom is very like, you know what? We're here at the shop. Do so you just want to look at some stuff that you would put into your, and we'll just write down the ingredients. You don't have mm. to do anything. But, you know, in case if you change your mind, you've got it there, right? Fantastic. Subtle so I love it. Yeah, it's it's like somehow sort of planting a strategic seed of doubt in the right part of the garden. Yeah, <laughs> it's like yeah. I know very it's very, it's a real skill I think actually. Yeah, but that but really I also cool. feel like you know you have to it for me this is personal but I think in order for me to respond appropriately to any kind of request for my energy. I have to be pretty centered and I have to be pretty grounded. And sometimes requests for your energy come when you're not centered. Mm. 
and not grounded and can take you by surprise, you know, like mm. you get up in the morning, you have an idea that you're going to sit down and have breakfast and listen to some calming music or do a meditation and then your three-year-old wakes up and demands <laughs> that you wipe his bottom, make him breakfast, get him dressed, fix the socks that aren't on the right way, make the shoes tighter, you know, and completely takes over, right, like children do and as they should. So what do you do then? Like when it's literally a physical, a child needs you to do something for you but you've run out of energy. Maybe you had a bad night's sleep. Maybe you haven't had breakfast yet and it's 10 in the morning and all you've done is serve your children for three hours. That's that's when the real test of boundaries is, you know what I mean? Like that's the moment. That's a loving boundary. Like that's a, you know what? You can sit there and you can cry for a couple of minutes while I eat my breakfast and you're safe and I hear you and I see you crying, but I need to do this now, you know? Yeah, I totally understand. Yes, so I can relate. My daughter loves to have milk and honey in the morning or soy milk and honey every morning. And I'm like, and sometimes I would come from my morning walk and I'm sweaty and I'm like, you know what? Let me just have a quick shower and then I'm all yours because you don't want this sweaty hands handling your milk right just let me put myself together um so we do that but sometimes there are these mornings where you're you you're thrown straight into the day you know like you said helping doing serving your children Mm -hmm. what i like to do then is make sure that i find a pocket of time where i can retract meditate for me meditation is really helpful just sitting in silence um, I couldn't actually meditate in the morning unless I started getting up at like 4 a.m. And then I know, okay, I've got an hour, hour and a half. It's amazing. Um, my kids, <laughs> my youngest one used to get up at like 5.30. She's better now. But um, I wanted to make sure that I get this uninterrupted, intentional way of waking up because for me, it's really hard actually to like wake up because one of my children has woken me up because they want breakfast, they want this, they want this, and you yeah. get thrown into life straight yeah. away. So that was really hard for me. So I decided, okay, I'll be getting up at four o'clock. And this doesn't happen. In the winter, it doesn't happen every day because mm. it's so dark, but I do my best. And I know that on those days when I actually managed to get up at four o'clock, manage to meditate, do what I need to do to kind of set, I don't touch my phone till I have meditated. I'm in a good space. Um, then I am ready to tackle the day. And even just today, it's so funny because my alarm went off and I could see a couple of notifications and I kind of clicked on it accidentally. And it appears it was a message from a friend, but she made it urgent. So I was like, oh my gosh, what's happening? So I went with this. So then she sent me a link. So then something's happened in, in at the Oscars and I'm not even watching the Oscars, but I'm kind of like following <laughs> this thread. And you get and caught up so caught up and yeah. then I'm like I haven't even meditated so I'm already like my morning feels very frazzled because yes. of that and but I love those mornings as well because they remind me how important an intentional start to the day is right, right. Like and a, the reality is that despite our best intentions we cannot always control what happens in our lives like we can make as many conscious choices as we like some things are just not our choice And there's a huge level of acceptance that needs to occur for us to live 
with boundaries that sometimes we we can't sometimes there is just no way to set up a boundary sometimes it actually is just about acceptance and to know the difference i think is the biggest key it does seem to me like we keep coming back to that don't we that some mornings you got to accept that you can't get to your meditation at 4 a.m other mornings you have to fight for it yeah yeah and at the bottom of it all is intention Mm -hmm. because um if we go back to how we started this conversation with Mm. like how do you set these boundaries how do you know I think intention is behind it all is your intention to help someone or is your intention in this moment to help yourself Mm. you know if your intention is to help someone then you know you I would imagine you don't care that you are helping them for the 10th time in a row because my intention is to help you. My intention Mm. is to help my child right in that moment. I want to help them. But sometimes we, our intention is to have a shower because we just came back and we're sweaty and this is more important because then I know I can give you so much more, right? So much comes back to the intention. And and the love beneath the intention, right? So why do you have the intention to look after yourself? It's self-love. Why do you have the intention to look after your child? It's love for your child. It's that oxygen mask in in the plane, right? Mm. Like when those masks come out, to put the mask on ourselves first, right? And then that's not selfish that's actually you are you can do more good if you put your mask on it's the only way you can help others it's the right? only way yeah, yeah and the exactly same right. thing happens here but it's funny i have actually just remembered how setting up boundaries can kind of go wrong <laughs> <laughs> if i can share that oh, please right um so i have set i get a lot of messages in my private inboxes from people, all sorts of people, sometimes just sharing things. Sometimes they've taken something that I've said and this is how it happened for them. Sometimes it's to pick my brain, all sorts of messages. And I can't physically get to all of them because I tried once and it took me two hours. So I have set up an automatic responder in it. And I thought this is actually going to buy me some time so I can think about it and I can come back to you in a nice you know, time that is you know, where I can sit and I can respond to you, not on the run quickly. Because as you know, social media lets people know when you've seen the message. And then I always think, now they've seen it, they expect me to respond. I should respond, right? That's just my thinking. So I've set this up. And then now I'm missing half of the messages because they don't come up as new messages anymore because my autoresponder has responded to them. Oh, yeah. So I actually miss messages, especially from people across the globe when they message me at night my my order responder messaged them you know first and then you know just get up I didn't have a notification so I don't know so it could be sometimes days so that is something that where the boundaries didn't go <laughs> uh, according to the plan and I need to <laughs> I need to I need to look into this but I don't know how to turn it off now so I have to look into how to turn it off and and figure out a different system but I just wish that social media wouldn't show people that you've seen the message because it's so messing with everyone (laughs) oh look we're constantly negotiating yeah I agree I think it's reached a ridiculous point in terms of um the amount of information we're expected to take in in a day it's just not possible you know and show up and yeah and I'm actually starting to lean towards the 
learning not to respond to everything, learning not to, a little bit like you, leaning in that direction. Part of me is like I have to work really hard to get my message out there to as many people as possible because I know it's an important message that I'm, yeah. that I'm spruiking here. But also, you know, more not so much important but um, powerful, helpful transformative yeah you know I'm not saying I'm more important than anyone else or my message is more important I'm just saying I have some things that I think people need that's what I feel like but you're also one person right and you have only so much time right so it's interesting yeah and at this point the stage that I'm at in terms of all of the various things that I do there's definitely a time coming and I know and you and I did a session actually and in our session you said to me you're going to have to watch your boundaries. And I've already had to put a few more up because the way that I work is that um, it's easy for me to be be friends with everybody and for everybody to be friends with me. But the reality is you can only have so many actual real-life friends. I remember my father actually has this great story of having lunch with a famous author and when he said at the end of this lovely lunch, they were in New York and he's a, a really famous author and my dad is also an author and, and my dad said, we should keep in touch. And he said to my dad, you know, um, I couldn't possibly have any more friends. So we can't keep in touch. And I thought, wow, that's amazing. Like, that's really cool. There was no pretending. There was no, yeah, yeah, that'd be great. And then walk away and never speak to you again. It was like, I can't be your friend. I have enough and I can't have any more. And it is that thing of like there's only so many people we can service. There's only so many people we can service in that intimate level. And there is, it's finite. And I think often we, we forget, yes, we have infinite energy for certain things, for spreading certain messages to the world that is our message and for doing the work that we come to do. Yes, that energy is replenished. But you only have so much in a day and you only have so much in a week. And being careful with it, like you say, is such a powerful message to the world, to people, that what we do is valuable and that we will honour it. You know, we will honour it by putting a cap on it, that not spread it too thin like a river flooding, forgive the analogy at the moment. But, you know, it changes the flow. So... So, so right. And when you think about it, you, you, and I literally timed, like, I mean, not intentionally timed myself, but I realized how long I've been just responding to messages. And sometimes you respond to someone, a response, so then you respond again because you don't want to leave them hanging. It was two hours. And I thought to myself, so I have now spent two hours responding to messages and they just kept coming. Um, and I haven't actually done what was on my to-do list, like showing up somewhere, sharing, like you said, my message in a very intentional yeah. way. Yeah. Um, because the messages went particularly like it was just everything. And, you know, it, it was friends, but it was other people. And as much as I love it, I think we need to be comfortable with choosing where our energy goes be Mm. okay with um, I've got now time in the evening to sit down and I can go through messages um, and be okay with it that someone had to wait um, because you spent all day sharing your message helping people helping people who who needed who wanted who are in your spaces Um, so I think that is that that is okay but it's really (laughs) the, the trick is for us to really 
be okay with it, not let it mean anything. It doesn't mean that I am more important and I don't have time for you, but you, you know, there's just one of us and yes. there's so many people that message you. And I know that yes, you are a relater and you relate to people, right? Like you, you yes. know what they're going through. So you want to help them and you know, you yes. don't, you know what that feels like. So I want to, I don't want to, I don't want you to feel how I felt. Right. Yes. But there's only one of you and yes. there is not, you know, and you don't, um, the other way, option is, I guess, having an assistant messaging right. people, but well, how does that feel? Right. Well, and ultimately we can only be responsible <clears throat> for ourselves. We're not responsible yeah. if somebody else needs something from us that we don't have to give. That is, that is yeah. not on you. If yeah. you're being asked to do something, and I mean, I feel this really keenly. I get asked to do a lot of things and I don't like to say no, especially if it's something I want to do. But this year I'm training for a black belt. I'm working, I'm running a business and a podcast and I have this, you know, passion for communication and connecting and and I'm learning that actually those boundaries, those saying no's, I need to celebrate those. Like I'm 50. So I'm getting to the point now where I'm like, yeah, my time is finite, you know, to some degree. And those choices become all the more important, you know, because I go, you know, I'm possibly past halfway. So there's this real reckoning. It's like, okay, I got to stop messing around. I got to stop playing other people's games and play mine and know really what mine is very clearly and that's that's a powerful thing to do to be clear you know and to, okay yep that's mine that's not mine that I can definitely do that as part of my mission that is not part of my mission and this comes back to knowing your mission right which I know Absolutely. you help people with like this is something that you are very good at and and I think that's a huge benefit of the work that you do is that you're giving people a kind of freedom in being able to say no to things that are not in their job description, their life description, you know. And that's, I think, something beautiful about the work that you do, just to call that out and say how amazing. that That's an unexpected oh, gift from the work that you've done with me. Thank you, Elena. It's true. Oh, I have a question, though, for you. Oh, go on. Flip it around. you work from home. Yeah. I work from home. Yes. Have you ever experienced, whether it's friends or school moms, where they think you're working from home, so you probably have all this free time, yeah. you should be free to go for coffee? <laughs> yep. How do you handle this? this I've been saying, I had one this week, I've had, I've had this come up a lot lately because I'm starting a business, right? So I've had to be really strict with myself, those hours between the 9am and the 3pm, and it's not really, it's 9.30 to 2.30 the school hours, mm. I traditionally would have done coffees and lunches and like I'll just go and see my friend. And I've been saying absolutely not because I need that time for my business. And so what's been interesting is some people get it and some people don't, you know. Um, and I find people still ask me, lots of people, friends, other mothers, they also ask you to do jobs, volunteer jobs, right? So the school mm. or the PNC yeah. or the, well, you work from home, don't you? Yeah, that doesn't mean my yeah. time is infinite. So, or like after school, sometimes I do a couple more hours work. I, I, will, I will sometimes set my kids up with afternoon tea, then say, go watch TV for an hour. I have to do some work. And I let them have some downtime mm. and I work. 
And some people might think that's terrible. I don't think it's terrible. I think it's just part of our lives and I know mm. they get what they need from me at the other times. But it's interesting because that time is actually work time for me and then some maybe someone yeah. pops over and because I don't have a job job, they might expect that I can just sit around and have a chat. And the so, unexpected pop-in. Yeah, which I love <laughs> normally. But at, but at that moment... I sometimes I actually to make it simpler so I don't have to go into a whole thing I might say um, I've got to do there's something on my calendar I don't want to lie because I don't want to say I'm, I've got a phone I've got a call scheduled because I probably don't but I might say oh there's something I need to attend to or I've got some work to do or like I make it very clear that it's work related and it's actually about me it's not about them at all it's about me honoring that that work is important and that that work deserves those Being boundaries, back. right? Yeah. And that's the, the leap I've only made recently. And I've been working from home for nine years. And I've only just recently actually gained that skill of, um, and I don't say sorry anymore either. I say, this is going to sound ridiculous, but I can't have a coffee in the daytime until May, like next school holidays or, you know, or I've had people say, can, can I take you out for lunch for your birthday? And I'm going to say, this is going to sound crazy, but I can't book that in for three months. And that's because I need to have space in my weekend mm. to recover from all the work I'm doing. And I can't have, you know, thing after thing after thing. So one of the tricks I've done lately is I've actually put spaces into my calendar and they're just as immovable as if I was meeting somebody for lunch. Ooh, I love that. I have a space and I talk about this quite a bit. I've said it before on the podcast. It's my newest and favourite trick is that I actually put buffer. It actually just says buffer, but it cannot Ooh. be. It's like it's like an appointment with a specialist. It cannot be changed, you know, and that's been so amazing. So how long would your buffer be? Is it an hour? Is it I different times? Yeah, it depends. I move them around a bit. It started off as I started doing one from 2 p.m. So I just had half an hour before school pickup to have a bit of a break because what I found is that I was going from 7 in the morning till 6 in the evening without actually having a break. So I scheduled one in just before I go get the kids so it's alone time. And it's a mm. half hour break. And I, I mean, sometimes I just watch Netflix. Like, mm. it doesn't matter. It's so just, good. just to have a break because otherwise I don't have a break and then I get really jangly. <laughs> yeah, I'm taking a page out of your book because that is me. I was horrified when we were counting up hours with our tax agent yes. last bunch. And she says, that works out to be 90 hours. I'm like, what? That's yeah, impossible. it's crazy. Like, That's crazy. Yeah, but so like she had me count everything, right? Like the little yes. moments where, so I love this. I need to take a page out of your book. It's a really good I idea. Keep going. And also putting in travel time. So, so sometimes I would have scheduled things that were some offsite, but I hadn't scheduled the travel time. Mm. So actually the real time things take, not the imagined time things take. And the other thing I've started to do is schedule Sundays every four weeks, a whole weekend actually, every four weeks. So every fourth weekend, we have no engagements with anybody else. So we just have wow, free family time yeah, where we're not rushing around. And so I'm starting to call this, it's, I'm calling it time freedom instead of time management. This is what my oh, whole idea is. How do you create time freedom instead of time management? Because time management yeah. is like every moment accounted for in my mind. 
Yes, mine too. It and doesn't bring up good feelings. I don't like that feeling. Mm-mm. So now I talk about time freedom, which means working with time instead of against it and sort of using this idea that, yeah, we have as much time as we want. Like it just depends mm. what we do with it. And I think sometimes it's good to do nothing with it. <laughs> yes. Actually and you gotta put make in the... sure you do nothing. Yeah. With but you got to put it in the calendar. I feel like yeah, someone, right. someone once said, if it's not on the list, it's not going to get done. Like if it's not written right. down, it's not going to happen. So guess what it is? It's a loving boundary. We're protecting our time. Yeah. I love that. Oh, God, I'm, 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 I'm taking notes. I'm taking mental notes because this is so <laughs> juicy for me. Because we, we do randomly these weekends where we're going back to the 90s. There's no devices. Right. Like the Screen stuff holidays. That was when I was yeah. looking, right? right. And so we have weekends like that. And for me, it's more yes. for me and my kids. Because yeah. for me, it's really good. Because um, I know I can't be on my device, not even mm. responding to someone. Because that's bad ball modeling for my kids who I've just told we're having this weekend. It's great and to so do that. Great. We've done that too. Yeah. yeah. But we don't write it down. And so then it could be like weeks and weeks and weeks where we haven't right. done it because, you know, but writing it down. And I, I love your idea of every fourth now, uh, every fourth weekend. Because what I do with my staff now, I work three weeks on, one week off. Now, mm. the three weeks on is sessions i show up in my containers oh, and do this stuff and then that last week of the month the fourth week is i call it like for integration that's what i do too. yeah integration right? so week can, yeah totally yeah so you can mm. just catch up and stuff have but to i still work it's just i work behind the scenes so i yeah. might be working writing stuff you know yeah. like stuff like that i just don't connect with uh clients i don't have any sessions they all yeah it's great you know, it's blocked out so, but even then, I, I listening to what you were saying, I'm like, mm, there's still loopholes there. I need to yes. perfect it a little bit. Tighten more them and up. Raise those boundaries. Yeah. yeah so I nice. love that we're having this conversation. Oh, we're such a good team, Kasha. We're such a good team. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm I conscious of time and, and I've been, I've absolutely loved talking to you. I feel like we just Me need to too. do one of these every six months because I always get so much out of talking with you and sharing in your wisdom and your beautiful insights and just the way you see things i really appreciate it thanks kasha oh gosh oh gosh i i i feel the same um i actually got so much out of this i i literally i don't have a pen but i have i have written mental notes <laughs> on like that that the the buffer and um the one week in a month where you just don't see anyone don't do anything it's completely yeah. amazing i love it I yes. love it. Slow down, man. We gotta slow down. That's what I think. Well, um, thank you for thank having Thank you, me. darling. It's been so great to see you. And we'll leave it there. Bye everyone. Bye.